Hey, this is Sean Harwell. You're listening to the Never Heard of a Podcast. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks. And I have not one, two cracks today with me. I know them as the uh, unpopular with women brothers, but I think you may know them as Craig Moorhead and Todd Rohall. Craig, Todd, how are you? Uh, doing great, Sean. How are you doing? Ask me later. Oh, Okay. Depending on Todd's answer. Depending on how this goes. I'm doing great, Sean. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing I'm doing much better now. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Man. All yeah. oh, is all hinges on him today, Craig. It's been a little tense. You know, there's a lot of animosity I think between the three of us that I think we're going to hopefully work out during this recording. I don't have high hopes. No. That's part of the animosity. I'm sorry. I'm just adding to the cynicism of the No, absolutely. Experience. Absolutely. I mean, having no hope is is a part of it, for sure. Hmm. What's it like doing this podcast um, during COVID since you guys can't be in the same room anymore? <laughs> has it changed the dynamic between the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it has. I think it's it's led to a lot of resentment and a lot of distrust. Before oh. COVID, Craig wouldn't have answered that. Yeah. No, no way. He would have let me done that. Mm-hmm. Do that. I'm See, I can't more... even talk now. This is what COVID <laughs> yeah. has done to my tongue. Yeah. Sean's definitely lost some IQ points and I'm a lot more aggressive in my answers. And speaking of, that's why you're here today, Todd. So thank you for joining us. I think, um, hey. you know, it just, it made so much sense. Anything I can do to help a friendship. <laughs> yeah. You suggested a movie that we should watch. I don't know. I think you've been trying to get Craig to watch this for years, right? I don't know. Yeah. Craig, you've never seen this before? I've never seen it before. I remember you telling me about it probably the year it came out. Because I'm sure you saw it in the theater. I did. I don't want to tell the story of what got you to go there, but I, I think I remember you telling me exactly why you went and watched it. Should we start there, Sean, or should we do some other stuff? Well, we'll get to. We should know. We should. We haven't even said the name of the movie yet, so we have to do. Oh, I thought it was going to be a secret. Yeah. Do you have to do your viewer mail first? <laughs> do you need me to sit back before and do that so you can do your opening announce? Or what do you guys do? Let me. Let me check the mail. Okay. No, we don't have any. So that's oh, good. That's good. We've, oh, clear past that time. segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I think, don't even need to tell people where they need to come say hello this week, Craig. It feels like we should just step outside of everything that's been normal mm-hmm. and make this a very special episode. I, I agree, Sean. I think you're right. Okay. Well, let's start with this, Todd. You've joined us, and I just assume that you've been listening to the episode that you were on beforehand, like on loop. That was the last episode I heard of this show. Yeah, um, I figured as much. And that was like... Like a couple months ago, I think, right? Yeah, it was. Called, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not well. Yeah. I also heard the one about. Uh, uh, what was it? That one. That one movie that's not super popular. That one movie that people hadn't heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard. Uh, I haven't listened to any podcast since that last one. I don't. Wow. I don't know how to do completely. it. Completely. Well, they don't get much better than the one you were on. So I, hmm. I get it. <laughs> I like old timey radio. So. Yeah. You know, with sound effects and door slams and mm-hmm. footsteps, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, just assuming that people haven't heard that episode. Which oh, is, yeah. Which we is did. rare, which is uh, and unlikely. Yes. Do you want to tell people who you are just real briefly? We. Oh, well, that episode was about Reflections of Evil. That's true. Which was, yes. This is still a good movie I think about all the time. I follow Damon Packard on uh, Facebook. He, he always posts interesting things. Yeah, that guy's got the weirdest connections to the world. I don't understand. He seems like he's always outside at night walking around. Always in the middle of the night, yes. Strange. I love strange it. Strange guy. Um, I've never met him. But he seems, to, yeah, he seems to know a lot of other people I know through somehow. But hmm. I wish he was... Uh, no, I think he's perfect. Your roommate? Probably, yeah, I wish he was my roommate. Then we could... That's the perfect person you need so you don't see him during the day. Right. Know? Yeah. That's what I like Just about trade off. Yep. Now, actually, I don't know. Did we talk about this the last time you were on? How long have you and Craig officially known each other? We met in... I mean, I was at Brainbox. You came to Brainbox. We were introduced by Rachel, Rachel Max. Max. Jinx. Who then, who now has left the country altogether. I just, I'm going to leave that oh. where it is. She's, yeah, introduced us and then got the hell out of here. <laughs> she was like, oh, I know man. where this is going to go. I'm out. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, we lived in Washington, D.C., Back then, before we all moved away. That's right. Yeah, that was probably 2001. That sounds wow. about right. Yeah. 
Because you, no, you were, no, you were not around for Five Lines. No, Craig made a movie called Five Lines, Sean. Have you seen that? It was the first movie ever shot in HD, and it had, could only be shown on a TV that was the size of a car. <laughs> it was. I haven't. I've heard of Five Lines. Yeah. Yeah. It was an amazing time to work on HD. <laughs> we had a, we had a, we had a, 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 a computer, I want to say the size of like a steamer trunk mm-hmm. to handle <laughs> the, the incredible HD material. I mean, that whole, uh, man. Anyway. But but uh, regardless, yeah. So two thousand one is probably right. So we met met uh, I met uh, Todd in two thousand one, uh, and then everything just took off like a rocket. Wow. Craig would be editing that movie in the other room or working on it. It was this system called Speed Razor. It was an editing system, <laughs> yep. that, and everyone that worked with it kept telling me how it was better than Avid or any other editing software out there. And all I remember is in the other room was a Speed Razor machine, and you would just hear. God damn it! And then somebody <laughs> slamming their hands on the table like every ten minutes, and apparently it would crash and lose everything. And that was what I knew about Speed Razor. Yeah. And then somebody would come around and be like, "No, this is the best system. You can like move footage. It's uncompressed." And at the time, I didn't even know what that yeah. meant. Right. And then later, that became Final Cut. Right? Does that does that work as an editing joke? I don't know. It almost does. I was going to make an editing yeah. joke. I was going to say it, it, it was a little bit less good than Avid is now. But that's almost 20 years, you guys. What are you going to do for your anniversary next year? Uh, well, we have we have a few things planned. Yeah, I was going to come to D.C. to visit. Neither one of us made the plan, though, so we don't know what it is. Yeah, we were, and then Craig and I worked. We did that Guatemalan Handshake movie, my first feature, and we've been talking about doing a reunion for that. Yes. Oh, you should. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Because it's been, been 15 years, 16 years. Yeah. Wow. Did I see that movie in the theater? Yeah. Is that possible? I saw that in Los Feliz. Yeah, yeah. maybe at this there was a thing called the Silver Lake right. Film Festival at the time. Maybe we showed it at the Los Feliz Three. Yeah, that I think I maybe saw that with Paul Papa 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 Deus out there. Yeah, it's got a long name. Anyway, so you guys have known each other forever. That's great. I don't. I feel like I don't want to say anything else about that. No. But one thing we've done differently since the last time we talked, Todd. Oh. Is on these episodes we like to kind of catch up on some of the other stuff that we've been watching. And I'm very, very oh. curious. And that's always like the worst question to ask a movie fan because immediately that's when the, your brain goes blank. So I'm, yeah. do you have any, because I can go to Craig first if you need a second, but if there's anything that you've seen lately worth passing along. I got along. some stuff. Okay. I, yeah. I know what I've watched because I've been, since quarantine started, I started a, uh, a little movie, a Zoom movie club. Oh, fun. I've been doing, well, it originally started with Ken Burns' documentary, the, uh, the country music documentary on PBS, and we were watching every episode. It's 18 hours long of the history of country music. Right. Yeah, yeah. And we thought, well, let's watch this. This will get us through quarantine. And um, it was just like five or six of us, and we talked about it. It was great. We would drink whiskey and talk about country music <laughs> and tell stories about, you know, whatever else we knew in it. And it was the best. That, yeah. that documentary is very good watching. I need to um, see it. Did you like ever it's go like, outside and shoot guns in the air afterwards or anything like that? <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, yeah, right. we did that a lot. And then um, just took knives and just stabbed things in the sure. air. Like uh, the second to last episode is the best. It's about George Jones and all this stuff and Tom okay. Van Zandt yeah, yeah. and all this. It's, it's, it's real great. Um, but it, we started watching movies after that. And it's been kind of random, the picks of what we've been having. But uh, we just watch, or we're just watching this week, we're watching the films of Tony Buba, who's a guy out of uh, Pittsburgh. He made mm-hmm. a movie called Lightning Over Braddock and these shorts that are great. So I've been watching those. I've been watching a lot of documentary stuff. Yeah. I saw this movie called uh, uh, Boys State that's coming out, I think, soon. It's shot in Texas. So I got a little sneak preview thing. And it's a great documentary about these uh, kids doing a mock uh, run for governor in, in Austin. Interesting. Uh, and it, it's, uh, yeah, it's gross and great and hopeful and depressing. Just like Craig, right? But Just yeah. like me, yeah. Yeah, I was really when you started that. I was hoping you were gonna say you had a movie club with Ken Burns's daughter or something like that. You know? Oh, you're hoping I was had gonna drop some names. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and I won't ask who's in the club. I just know that I'm not in it. So I'm definitely know, not in it. Yeah, you're welcome to join. It was just started with country music bands. <laughs> okay, right. well, um, you know, if you record those, you could just put them out as a podcast. I mean, that's it's that. That's easy. true. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just got Jeff Krulik to join it last a couple weeks ago. And he'll come on and just talk about uh, selling Band-Aid containers on eBay. So I'm not sure if that's like what other people want to hear about. There's I a love big, it. Big but, market for I mean, that. We yeah. haven't tested it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So I don't know if people need that. I mean, I love it. Not to say that. I mean, I don't know if people need. 
don't know if Jeff wants people to hear about that. Right. Okay. Well, maybe you run it past him. Craig, you watched anything uh, either by yourself or with the lady or with the kids or all the above? Uh, I've watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched anything with the kids in the last week, which is unfortunate. Do you, do you know where they are right now? No clue. Okay, oh that might be part God. of it. Um, but I'm, I, they're really smart. So yeah. I'm not going to worry about them right now. Uh, we just finished the first season of Barry on uh, the HBO's Barry. I love that Bill Hader. I think that show is pretty terrific. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, we watched two other movies in the last week because they were streaming essentially for free. You know what I mean? We watched Tom Hanks's Greyhound. Oh, yeah. I can tell from your face. There you go. Say it. I like I, I, I like a good war movie, a good World War II movie. They're like comfortable socks at this point, you know? You kind of like, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly what you're getting into. And I thought it was going to be like, we're going to build up Tom Hanks. We're going to find out about his character, and then he's going to have to go through this horrible mission, and he's going to make it. It's going to be very profound. I don't know. Um, it feels like all the profundity, all the character stuff was just like cut off either end of the movie. And then they just put Tom Hanks on a boat and we're like, there's submarines. And for like 80 minutes, they just get shot at by submarines. And I mean, that part is certainly tense. I don't know why it had to be any of those guys and not a bunch of other guys. <laughs> like, I didn't understand why we were on that boat. It didn't. It, it wasn't that great. And then we watched 1917, which mm -hmm. was actually really uh, that I liked a lot more. That whole uh, that whole conceit of having like the one single shot throughout the entire movie. That worked pretty well. Uh, a lot of that is the thing I keep thinking about through the whole thing is not that people lost their lives fighting in wars or anything. Well, clearly not if you're calling it comfortable socks. You That's know comfortable I mean? socks, but um, <laughs> yeah, war. But uh, here we go. You put on my pajamas. Sorry, guys. But... I'm trying to be yeah. serious. I'm just looking at my waveform of what I'm recording, and there's just an empty space, and I feel like I'm not contributing. Oh, I, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying. As we're recording. Well, here's my, here's what I try to do, Sean. Uh, Sean, here's what I try to do, Todd, <laughs> is I try to make sure that I don't let two minutes go by without me seeing some of my talking. Okay. So That's two minutes, I think, is the absolute limit. Okay, thanks. It was really interesting to me in terms of you know you you could tell there were a few places where there is a cut. Obviously, like there are some places they had to cut. There are little CG moments where they try to hide it, but it's like okay, there's a cut there. But even that, even with that the amount of choreography and everything that it took to do some of these shots was incredible to me. So I really enjoyed watching it, honestly, more maybe for that reason than any other reason. Uh, but that's all I got. Sean, what about you? What'd you watch? I still haven't seen 1917. I need to do that. I maybe have talked about this beforehand, but here's another movie I haven't seen, Russian Ark. You know about this movie? Yeah, I still haven't watched that. Yeah, yeah. There's a great podcast called Heavyweight where this guy, he used to be a film critic, and he wrote about that movie when it came out. And he talked about the, you know, the only thing he kind of remembered or took away from it was that at the very end of this like 90 minutes, was there like a thousand extras in that movie, single take film, that one of the extras in, in like a symphony or something, orchestra that's in the movie looks directly in the lens at the very end of the movie. <laughs> and they track down the guy that looked in the lens. They find this guy and it's, it's a really compelling listen. But um, yeah, I would, uh, I can't imagine. And that was like around the time that, um, there's like early, you kind of like what you were talking about with the digital cameras. That was like uh, when Lucas was making Phantom Menace and it was this giant, massive thing. So, did they get reamed? That guy, did he say he got reamed? No. And in fact, they interviewed the director. Um, his name on Blanco and that was Russian, but um, he was just like, oh, no, 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 it didn't bother me at all. I was just happy that the guy, did, you know, was willing to be in this movie and this crazy experiment that we did, you know, and that just that we finished an entire take, you know, all the way through. He didn't, he didn't seem to care at all. And the guy, the guy was, at least uh, pretended to be completely oblivious to the fact that he looked into the lens. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't believe that's some bullshit. Yeah. Hey, do you know, um, oh, before we get too far away from Craig talking about submarines, because <laughs> that's a submarine movie, right, Tom Well, Hanks? it's yeah, it's a submarine destroyer movie, yeah. Called Greyhound? Greyhound, that's right. Which is confusing, uh, right? There, well, there is a, well, there's one bus in it. There's Terrible. one bus that comes in at the very end, but I don't want to... In the war? Yeah, it's kind of a spoiler. My friend Zach Carlson noticed that he well he has this piece of trivia about submarine or well this kind of gives it away. What's the only movie that tells the plot of the movie in the title but backwards? Wait, what's the only movie that has the plot of the title is the title backwards? 
The plot is the title backwards? Okay. The answer is Das Boot. Sad tube. <laughs> okay. Isn't that a cool piece of that's, trivia? That is, that's, that's Zach Carlson found that out. Very good. It's the, think of another movie where you put the title backwards and it tells you what happens in it. Jaws. Oh, yeah. Swaj. Swaj. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to steal your thunder, Todd, but Swaj. Oh, yeah. and things to do in Denver when you're dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. That does kind of give it away. Sorry, Sean, to interrupt. I won't talk anymore. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I do. I can make a segue to another movie that has a very long title, which is the documentary Joan Didion, The Sinner Will Not Hold, which I'm still not sure why it's called The Sinner Will Not Hold. But um, I just read a, a, a book of her nonfiction recently and then noticed on Netflix, oh, there's a documentary about this lady that I don't know anything about, but I just read one of her books. And another thing I didn't know was that her nephew was Griffin Dunn. Or is Griffin yeah. done? And he, he made this movie. So uh, it's okay. It's okay. Is it about a bunch of fancy parties in New York that um, rich people went to and Not sit around with wine glasses? Kind of, but she was more, they were more Malibu folks and LA folks. So she had her run ins with like Polanski and, um, and like that crowd in the 60s, but also felt very right. distanced from it. That I watched that and I watched Onward, the Pixar thing. We watched that as a, as a fam. Yeah. Which. I liked, but I'm still I'm still torn on whether you saw this right, Craig. Yeah. Have you seen Onward, Todd? Probably not. No, huh? So there's a brother who's like all into Dungeons and Dragons, and he's got like the painted van and sort of the metal jacket. Is that a missed casting opportunity not to have Jack Black in that role, or is that just like too obvious? I think that's too obvious. Yeah. And because he would just sound like Kung Fu Panda, right? Well, that's that's yeah, that's probably a major problem. But then, but then, I mean. As it is, the guy just sounded like the guy from Lego Movie. So, True. Yeah. You know, so what are you gonna do? Yeah. Anyway, who who was it instead? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Right? Yeah. Never heard of him. Wow. No. You should do a whole show about him. Never heard of him. He's uh he's gonna be in Sad Tube, the sequel. Yeah, Sad Tube Two. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about Funky Forest, the first contact, because yeah, that we have so much to unpack here. Uh, least of all, just the fact it's two, two and a half hours and um, for a movie called Funky Forest, The First Contact, that's maybe not what I expected as a running time. I'll say that right. much. I'll start there. <laughs> but um, I'll give just a synopsis again from IMDb and then we'll talk about like how you came to this movie and then we'll, we'll start getting some impressions. And also we got one other little thing to do. But here we go. Uh, an outrageous collection of surreal, short attention span, non sequiturs, largely revolving around Guitar Brother his Randy older sibling, and the pair's portly Caucasian brother, which I don't even know if that's... I don't know if I find that accurate, per se. Yeah. Can you delete that off of... Um, and fix it? And done. Yeah, that's off of IMDb <laughs> right now. Now, I'm trying... I can't even get it. Okay, so there's three directors, Katsuhiro Ishii, Hajimi, Ishimine, Shunichiro Miki. Um, you dub back in the, somebody else. Yeah, and sad, too. Those names. No. Larry Waters and no, uh, there's a bunch of actors I'm not gonna name because I would just mispronounce and I don't know. Well, there's that Ryo Kase guy who was in uh, Tokyo, Tokyo, yeah. Oh, Tokyo. oh, yeah, Tokyo, which was awesome. Rinko Kikuchi's in it, who's in uh, Kamiko, the treasure, yes. the Zellner's movie. Oh, that's right, she's yes. in there, yeah. So, there's some faces that folks may recognize, but let's recognize your face, Todd. When did you first go into the funky forest and not come out? I was living in uh, New York, and there was a review in Time Out New York, which was a publication at the time. This was 2005, okay. and uh, there was a one-star review in there. <laughs> I thought it was David Fear that wrote it, because he wrote something bad about the stuff I... Mm -hmm. But then I looked back for this review, and I don't, maybe he didn't write this, but it is hard to find uh, reviews for this movie even. But uh, he said it was one star, he hated it, said it was unwatchable, but he described it as flipping through TV late night in Japan and just like a bunch of sketches and nonsense with VFX and crazy things going on and animation. And I was like, why would this be bad? Why is this one? This sounds incredible. And uh, from my knowledge of how much he hated me and my work, I was like, oh, critics aren't always right. Get that. You know, you can only say so much great things about Noah Baumbach and then get, you know, still have any have any credit with me. So it's like. Uh, so I, I just went, it was showing in this theater, which I honestly don't even know where this theater was in New York. It was like on the Upper East Side somewhere, and I don't know what else they showed. I'd never heard of another movie showing there. <laughs> went there, there were two other people in the theater. It was a nice old theater. It reminded me of like the theater I went to in Columbus, Ohio, growing up. 
just like a big one screen old theater smelled like popcorn and like old popcorn you know did you know those other two people in the theater no uh uh-uh. oh wow N- not at all <laughs> uh they were sitting up front i was in the middle and um I saw a print of this movie, which I've been trying to track down, and nobody has no knowledge of it. And I've been trying to get people at the Alamo and Austin have been trying to help too, and it's nowhere to be found. But anyhow, saw it, loved it, and it's cemented. And I stopped reading Time Out. Time Out New York actually went out of business soon after. Yeah. Coincidence? Uh, so, no, I don't think so. No, they were stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my background with it. So I, I became obsessed with this movie and then uh, would reference it a lot for things or think about it a lot and um uh use the music from it in a film i made called catechism cataclysm and i actually use the same music piece and some little bits of set pieces from funky forest in that movie too and i I use it a lot to like even for effects ideas and stuff like that to show people clips of it and stuff but i had not watched it from front to back and since for a long time since it probably came out in dvd yeah so you you still have a dvd because even even that i think is kind of hard to to track down and so craig yeah. i'm not sure but yeah i ended up watching this on youtube with english subtitles at a high max rate of 240p which mm. <laughs> is not the best presentation for anything but it was uh, it was still watchable certainly and it's out there and the comments on that one as you might imagine were pretty fun so yeah there's a lot of uh, good comments on the state of japan there oh. but um craig yeah i'll switch to you you had not seen Funky Forest. You've heard Todd talk about this. We we knew a little bit about it. We did a little tee up on it. I'm curious what you made of your time. Should we should we start with even? Um, I'd be curious to know why you think it's called Funky Forest: The First Contact. Well, having watched the movie, I uh, ooh, it's complicated. So. There's uh there's uh there's a place called Pico Rico as far as I can tell. I looked it up and it's a chicken restaurant actually. I did Google it this time around to see what Pico Rico <laughs> oh, was. Well, it's a chicken restaurant, but I don't think that's what they're talking about. Are there aliens no. there? I, I I assumed that was a that was a planet, and uh, there is some forestry involved, uh, especially the the bit that uh, Todd's talking about that he uh, sort of used some of that for Catechism Cataclysm. Uh, that's what I was kind of assuming that was the funky forest in a way, but I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really attempt to put that together. I kind of just went with it. I think it is. Oh, wait, can yeah. I interrupt? I don't know. How, can how does the podcast work? Absolutely, at any time you want to jump in. I have heard the New York Times podcast. It's just that one guy talking. Right. So I don't know how, the, but no. um, I've never done this with, never heard one with three people. You guys are breaking. No, I know. You're breaking ground. ground. So the, the it's, it, you know, there's the three directors doing it and it's very distinct of who, that they, you know you can if you had to under pressure you could say oh you could separate these into three categories of what's being made here sure the first half of the movie was i have to admit much more boring than i remember <laughs> and there is there is a full intermission too in it which yep. I, when you guys got to that point and you probably think this is going to be some kind of joke it is a full intermission with a countdown yeah it mm-hmm. gives you a bathroom break after the first hour and 15 minutes 20 minutes which i thought was very very polite of him of yeah. them yeah yeah it's a real movie yeah so the first half is kind of, yeah, I forgot. It's like this dance sequence and stuff, but it's about that those two, that couple, right? Like the, the, the two of them, and they're um, both talking about their dreams. Everybody's, a lot of people are telling stories in this thing, but they're talking about their dreams. And her, the second half of the movie, whereas I really think they'll, you could cut out the first half of this movie if you wanted to and just make it fun. Like the whole movie exists in the could second half after two the movies, sure. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. True. Things definitely seem more linked then. Yeah, like she, the first time she comes out when she goes, to, she, in the first half she runs, she's jogging and she hugs a tree. Right. And it goes up to the trees and then she lays down and then she has this dream. And we don't know what the dream is till the end of the movie. Right. And then it's all this stuff in the, it, that's it. I mean, like, I think like if that was just the movie, that would be called Funky Force to First Contact. But the rest of it is like, they're like, well, if we're making a movie. We might as well be, have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, if, if people are going to review our movie and give it one star, we might as well do what we want. <laughs> but i think that's the only part that i mean there's definitely like clearly forest things and there's it's sure you know they got that music and did you redo stuff going on yes. so funky forest seems appropriate it does not sum up the whole movie though. no and uh i don't know i don't know if any one thing can for me i mean i definitely knew todd's story i mean then the story you told just now is exactly the way i remember it 
I just, specifically, I remember you telling me like this review was so bad and everything in it sounded good. And so I went to see it. I loved it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I'd, I'd been wanting to see that for a long time. What's my imp- I mean, I honestly kind of feel like my impression of it is exactly what I thought it would be. I'd love to know uh, what it was like for you, Todd, to go see this movie only having read a review that someone was like, this sucks. <laughs> and for you to just go and like see to see that movie just completely cold because i mean i've looked into this movie i've looked at the trailer of this movie i've you know like i just haven't seen the movie before yeah i saw a still it was the same way i went into gummo i had seen a still and i saw the title and then i saw bad reviews and i went to see it and i loved it um for both of those and um this i should say at the time too it's 2005 and i was in new york and all people were talking about were like these mumblecore Noah Baumbach movies and all this bullshit, you know, and it's like, so I was just, every time I'd see a movie, it would just be like, Jesus Christ, like, I don't even like movies anymore, you know, it's just like, I don't even want to see this shit, you know, so like, going to a movie was not fun at all, you know, it was just like, who do I have to listen to, you know, or who am I going to watch fornicate with their actresses for the benefit of themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's what movies were becoming, so this was this is the most fun I'd ever had in a theater in a long time. I mean, cause it was just going all over the place. It had yeah. no rules. It was just like, you can do whatever you want to do. And, and nobody, yeah, that was not certainly not what was going on in 2005 in, um, in any type of independent film thing. So it was very, it was very exciting. I think, I think watching it this time around, I was a little, I would lop off the first half again, because it was just like, man, this is right. It got a little boring, but at the time, <laughs> my memories of it, once you get into the second half, you remember that stuff. Yeah, for sure. But 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 at the time, I mean, it was it was unlike anything you were able to go into a theater and watch. So you just so you, sure. you were like just hooked from the beginning, as you remember it. Yeah, I was on board for the ride. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, the, those two guys in the front too. Remember, they were they were loving it during intermission. We all went to the bathroom. Everybody was laughing. It was all happy, you know. And yeah. um, and then it just it just ramps up even more in the second half. So it really so, does. Yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. What about you, Sean? What was your impression of this movie? Yeah, you know, it was it was interesting because like I um I I was thinking afterwards, I was like, you know, if Todd came to our episode here and was just like, haha, I made you guys watch this, I totally punked you or whatever, be like, <laughs> yeah, it kinda makes sense. But then also, you know, if you were like, you know, I really like, you know, sat down, it was just like unlike anything I'd ever seen. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That because I, I didn't hate it. Like I, I almost appreciated it as an endurance test in a way. And like, I haven't watched an endurance test, I would say in a while, you know, it's almost like watching like Yodorowsky or something like really sort of surreal, but just on a different sort of end of the spectrum of that, I guess. I I agree. I think the second half has to me, the best stuff was all the homeroom sequences. Like I love that stuff. That made me laugh so hard. Um, The dream thing I picked up on, the first contact, I'm not sure. I mean, if that's like a reference to the alien <laughs> thing. And again, like, I don't know that we're supposed to make sense with any of that. I think, you know, knowing sort of that log line and thinking about it as a comedy, I was sort of expecting maybe something more just complete bonkers land, which it is and it isn't, right? Like in that first half is sort of bonkers just by the way it's not bonkers, if that makes sense. You know, you've got what were the babbling hot spring vixens, right? Which it just tells you that's the subtitle. So you have these little vignettes with these three women, and they'll just be talking about something like sales, right? <laughs> you know, they're talking about, about making sales. sales. And there's no, like, there's no climax. There's almost no joke to the vignette in itself, right? So I was just like, well, that's kind of like, that's not what I expected. But in a way, it's almost like such a deconstruction that is kind of fascinating in the sense that it it almost becomes funny from a distance because of what it's doing in a way that like to me, it just wasn't funny. And by the end, when they're like having the pillow fight where they're like getting super serious about it, like to me, I was like, okay, that's funny. Like that is like joke level funny. Right. But it's you got to work to get there. You know, all the other stuff, I'm just like, oh, this is crazy. Like these, we're just watching these three women on a little spa vacation, talk about sales and stuff. You're cutting, I don't know, like all the cuts and back and forth to the mole brothers who were slapping the shit out of each other and yelling at each other. Just, it was really, really interesting. But I did, I think that log line, if that's the one we took, I expected way more with 
sort of like guitar brother and i think i had seen the still of the two japanese guys with a little young caucasian american looking guy kind of chubby kid <laughs> eating candy bars and i mean i don't i don't think that kid is in that like he can't be in like what half an hour of this thing max yeah no. yeah he's he's fascinating i found him on facebook did um, you <laughs> i would i would love to hear him talk about oh my god yeah it because it's it's so clear he's speaking all his lines. They taught his lines phonetically or whatever, you know. It's yeah. like he's, they're like, just say this five times, then say this three times, and then mm-hmm. get up and leave, you know. <laughs> and and there's a scene where they're at the singles picnic, and he's just laying on the blanket eating Snickers bars, you know, which is this Japanese people's idea of, like, this is what an American kid is, you know. He's yeah. always eating a Snickers bar, and he's just laying there eating Snickers bars, and they're all laughing and talking, and I'm sure he has no idea <laughs> at all what is going on. They're just like, come out to this park. And shoot this you know and he's he has, there's no communication with him so i would love mm-hmm. if you guys ever do any uh where are they nows for this podcast you should track that kid down yeah but i don't know if any of the other actors would have had any better like understanding of what's going on either possibly <laughs> you know but one of the things i did actually like in that first half that i do think sets up a lot of the just the dream stuff and maybe this is like a good example for like the type of humor and just sort of weirdness that this is so yeah, we open on this couple, and if memory serves, there's like close-ups of them, right? Like you see their feet playing footsie, and they're sort of nuzzled up with one another. And then they had this whole conversation, and there's a thing about like, he, you know, the, the boyfriend has like a DJ table set up, or maybe they're not even boyfriend and girlfriend, he was like a, a tutor for her. But at one point, she just throws in the line, who touched my foot earlier, or whatever. And I was like, yeah. Oh, wait a second. Yeah, the way that they're sitting, he could not have played footsie with her because he's like up by her head. And it was just like, oh my God, that was so weird. Like I didn't even think about that. And and but they and they just put it in there so subtly. Like she's I think she said something about like, it's almost too weird to think about or whatever. And keep and it just keeps going. And they make like no there's no big like moment to it or explosion of it. It's like, you know, if it was some sort of like improv thing, like a whole scene would have been then built around that turn right like it would have gone in that direction explaining who that is and it's just like nope like it just just leaves that hanging in that little (laughs) sequence there and i was like that is insane well i was curious about uh and maybe todd maybe you know this i don't know but like was this written how much was this written like i can definitely (laughs) i I would definitely assume there were scenarios in mind going in because i mean there's a lot of planning like it doesn't look like a cheap movie no. in any way uh, obviously animated stuff is going to take a while but i mean they they definitely thought out what they were going to do but i just kind of wonder how much room there was to play once they got there well the good thing about this dvd is a, it's a two dvd set and there's a big making of thing on it oh, really? you know um which i have not watched in many years it would be good to go back and watch all that again but i mean it is pretty distinctly three i mean the directors are so different like all that stuff with the vfx stuff is clearly like not, that all had to be written and yeah and so many of the actors are just given like one line to just say yes, yes, yes. So I, I'd imagine like a lot of that was the the not, none of it comes across to me as improvised, you know, like that they were just like. But it definitely seems like it was written quickly. So <laughs> sure, it's like like just these sketch yeah. ideas or something, you know. Yeah. And these I know all three of them were commercial directors in Japan and still are. Mm. Um, the one guy did the, the animated sequences for Kill Bill and he worked with Tarantino and he's made, he made another movie called taste of tea, which is incredible. And you, if you see that movie, you can see where his stuff is in funky forest much more, you know, um, and the other two guys I think were much more commercial based, but like, it's pretty, three pretty distinct styles. But I don't, I don't know if there was any, imp- I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe I that mean, homeroom stuff. I don't know. I, I guess I couldn't imagine them. I guess I could see some, some guitar brother bits being just, just them like throwing out lines and like do this, say that, like that kind of stuff a lot. I know. I, and I guess, I guess the other thing is just the thought of writing that movie out, like writing that on paper just seems yeah. kind of like in Japanese, I don't know, in, in Japanese. I can't do that. Which is a much more complicated language than English. <sighs> I can't even write a good script in English. <laughs> no. You should try Japanese. Yeah, no, but I was even maybe. thinking too, beyond uh, dialogue, like there's some incredibly long and well choreographed dance sequences throughout yeah. this thing. I mean, there's that one on the beach is like amazing and it goes on. Like they'll play yeah, a- You gotta show his dancing. Yes. Um, oh, yeah, so, and like that, yeah, they're on the beach 
I think it was at night, correct? So they've got giant speaker, like these, like, a, you know, it looks like the uh, cone of a speaker. Like hooked up to a car. <laughs> yeah, six, seven feet tall on the beach, right and left, hooked up to a car that looks like it had been, like, smashed and destroyed, essentially, or set on fire or something. Yeah, like pulled out of the ocean. They've got uh, 20 dancers in yellow, like, hazmat suits kind of things, uh, and they do an entire, <laughs> entire performance. There was also, I think, a, a beat in that sequence where... Doesn't somebody like point a gun at that character and then suddenly his hair gets like they fire the gun and his hair changes? It's like he gets a magic haircut or something. Yeah. Yeah. But they did it with an edit, which I thought was so smart. It's just, it's almost like, uh, like the monkeys, like the TV show, the monkeys or something yeah. like back in the day. For some reason, I remember thinking of that whole beach sequence as the first contact. And it might have just been my mind trying to like set me, like trying to like. Okay, this is this has got to be like a, a major uh, sequence, like something big has to be going down. But but remind me though, so like he's at the beach and there's a car that, at least to me, looked like it had washed up on shore, like it was it seemed to be like covered in seaweed and so on. And then uh, who got out of the car? I know it was kind of like an albino type dude, but at first when he got out of the car, oh no no. <laughs> He got out of the car. He had like the the demon lady mask on. Yes. That the other yeah. guitar brother guy was doing like a thing for earlier. And, and like I the feathers on his guy. legs and stuff. Yeah. 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 It was hard to connect any of that stuff. That stuff just felt more like they were sharing a prop closet. Sure. Sure. Than it was. But all, see, that's the thing. That's what's but... great about sharing a prop closet. All of a sudden, you got these connections. People are trying to figure <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. And it's an impressive closet. I'll say that much. I yeah. mean, like, there's actual like creature effects in this movie, which I thought were kind of cool. They were good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. VFX stuff is so good. Okay, so there was one where um, they, I'm trying to describe, like, they look like they're about the size of like a foot long sandwich from Subway, right? And um, giant noses with extremely long nose hair. And then they've got sort of like uh, six legs and then almost like a thorax in the back half, kind of like a like a crawfish or something, but then like a, a little anus or some sort of like orifice on the, the back of it. You know, you're sort of introduced to these by these two schoolgirls uh, petting the nose hair and stuff and taking them apart. And then you find out in one of the sequences later that um, they're actually being used as band instruments in school. <laughs> Blew my mind. I mean, and, uh, yeah. the, the tubas were, were even better. A anything with yes. those creature effects... Stuff was I, I was so 100% on board. I couldn't have loved yeah. that stuff more. Like, it's like a fun yeah. videodrome. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like yes. amazing. Which will be a good title. Fun videodrome for this <laughs> fun movie. Fun videodrome. It's, some, it's like when he pulls that guy's pants down in the back, the little butt flap, and there's just like a tube, you know, like a plastic tube yeah. thing. Yeah. He sticks it in there, and he's telling him to put it more to the right. Like, I mean, yeah. that whole sequence, which is called the... Um, uh, what is that sequence called? The... the uh, youth classroom is that what it's called the youth's classroom yeah yeah but yeah all that stuff where it's like she comes around the corner and he's like please pull me and all that stuff where he's wearing that fuzzy suit i mean all you can't like I don't, however they came up with that stuff is completely the like how where it was and what was the inspiration for this where did it come from it's all right like these these things that seem like they're leading towards jokes and there's never really a joke yeah well and and <laughs> some of that stuff i feel like especially the the sort of creature effect stuff I'm going to assume that was from one director and not mm -hmm. from, yeah. I mean, to me, that stuff felt the best and most dreamlike. All the logic of that stuff just would like pull me through. Like, I, I wouldn't even need to look for a joke in it. It was just like, like stuff would just happen. And for some reason to me, it just, it continued to make enough sense that I was enjoying watching it. Just like, and people are constantly inserting things in themselves. And like the whole thing with the, with the music instruments, you don't know if they're trying to eat these things or what yeah. the hell is going on at all. It's just, it's completely bizarre. So, like, that actually had a great punchline for that one in particular. And, and wasn't that, no, the punchline for that one was the guy's shoes, wasn't it? Yes, I was going to say, because it's like them, they're playing <laughs> these creatures and there's a guy conducting sort of at the front of the class and then... It's a very short sequence, but it's like success. They finally did it or whatever. And the yeah. kids go crazy celebrating and like swarm him. And then he just immediately launches in his tirade about <laughs> uh, that actor I loved. I thought he was really yeah. good. He was great. He was so angry. And they actually kind of turned that anger. I'll, I'll say my some of my least favorite parts of the movie 
were where things went overly aggressive all of a sudden and not every single moment of that but like there were several bits where like people would either start yelling or really be sort of straining with these faces where I was like, ah, I'm not on board. But that guy was great and he <laughs> would go nuts. And then they even, they even really got into it trying to process his emotions later on. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That stuff, that stuff was amazing. Um, yeah, when he gets mad at the singles picnic because he calls it a sausage fest. Yeah, he like looks around yes, that, and that little kid's laying there. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Oh my god. But I I don't know. Like so, did you not like the homeroom stuff? Is that the stuff you're referring to, Craig? Where they get no. Okay. Uh, I I liked all the home. Well, like a little bit of the homeroom stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The there's like gets, five. The, of them. the one kid gets mad because he couldn't find his shoe. But I right. kind of I kind I kind of liked that. But he just started yelling. <laughs> no. And then there was another bit with a, a girl goes up. And like she starts yelling at everybody and then the, the kid gets up and he's going to fight her or something. I was even on board with that. Honestly, the stuff that bothered me was the very beginning, I think, with the Mole Brothers. Yeah. Like I liked them and I liked them getting mad at each other. But there were just certain bits where it just felt like, ah, man, I wish I could just dial that just a little bit back. Because like right there, it just felt like you're trying too hard. Like you're, you're winning me over. You don't have to try that hard. Yeah, I'd say the Mole Brothers sequences, to me, that feels like the most obvious Japanese TV kind of thing to me. Sure. And I say that as someone who's like never watched Japanese. zero <laughs> Japanese TV, except for like on the Internet every now and then. But there's the production of it. Like it's, you know, they are sort of talking to yeah. camera if memory serves and they're all dressed up. And yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't get anything out of the Mole Brothers necessarily being in this. But um, right. I do like that they at least like establish that theme of like you know they're titling all these little sequences and so it's sure. like yeah the mole brothers and then the unpopular with women brothers which i just like that made me laugh a lot the babbling hot spring vixens like even just those titles by themselves is like that could be a movie in and of itself like i would watch babbling hot springs vixens like you know or be interested in that what about those incredibly short interstitial bits with what i think is was the title of the movie in the corner i'm just wondering like how <laughs> that's what made it feel like a tv show it feels like a sketch show or right i mean i guess it's like amazon women on the moon or kentucky fried movie oh uh, yeah in that way totally. that there's these sketch movies mm -hmm. and, and stuff but it definitely feels like like these are all united by by that but i loved how it would just turn on to those little chunks of of randomness so the guy would turn around to the camera and say what are you looking at and stuff like that <laughs> i love that stuff well i liked it also just from an editor's standpoint of like if I liked a moment and I didn't have a place to put it, I could just put it in one of those. Just drop <laughs> it between two things. Honestly, when I first was watching it, a part of me, I wasn't sure if there was a malfunction of some guy, mm. which that's 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 how it first like set me off. But I mean, they were all the way through it. Right? They were in the first half and the second half. Yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff doesn't happen in Greyhound, does it? Uh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it does. It happened a lot. <laughs> there were several bits uh, where the guys go to the bathroom. It's very funny. <laughs> Trying to go to the bathroom on a ship in the middle of a battle is pretty funny stuff. <laughs> but uh, I don't want to... There's, sorry, there's that wanna... animation of the, the... The animation sequence is towards the end, which is just like... Yeah. That's the point where it's just like, geez. I mean, I think you're just... Anyone would feel exhausted where they're just like, how much are you throwing at us? And then that, that animation sequence is 10 minutes long or something. So it is kind of like watching a shorts program that's just yeah. over-programmed, you know, like a two and a half <laughs> sure. hour... And that's yes. the one where you're just like, fuck. But that guy with the big eyes, and then he comes in in one of the interstitials, and he's actually a guy, that police officer that has those big eyes. Big eyes, And I'm just like, that's like a whole sketch. Maybe maybe they cut. I mean, yeah, maybe there yeah. was stuff that was actually cut out of this movie. But... <laughs> I would imagine that there is, even though, yeah, that seems insane to say. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, the, the like sequence in the forest was, was definitely testing my patience, where they're just like, it's a live music experiment or whatever, and they're just like playing, and just like, <laughs> just yeah, they're just jamming that song out for as long as they can, can get away with it. There yeah. is a sequel to this movie. They did do, one of the directors did a sequel to it. Yeah. What's it called, do you know? Warped Forest? Um, Warped Forest. Oh, right, right. Yeah. We were wondering okay. about that. Have you seen it? No, I couldn't find it. I, th I remember hearing about it when it came out and it played some festivals, maybe played Fantastic Fest, and I, I wasn't able to find it after that. So, I, yeah, and I have not looked uh, in the years since. So, Well, it should make your heart happy. I did write this down, that as of the time that I watched this on YouTube, which was two days ago, it had 887,000 views. 
So Whoa. I now I don't know how many of those people made it all the way through all two and a half hours. Sure. Yeah, what counts as a YouTube view? Yeah, I'm not like, sure. But uh the weird sequence like the after the intermission stuff, like with the the effects stuff, you know, like I know that a lot of things have always been like this is the weirdest of Japanese stuff. It's shown up on those things without citing what it is. So Oh yeah. Maybe people are directed towards that. I can't imagine I mean, yeah, I can't imagine that many people have watched this movie in its entirety. Some of them did. I mean, there were definitely comments that were just like, yeah. That's a shame. You make this movie and then people watch it as a YouTube. Oh yeah. A shitty YouTube upload, you know? It's like this is a, and it's it is a pretty movie, you know? Like when you see like seeing a print of this movie makes a the experience even better, but I guess no one gives a shit anymore. Well, I would love to see that on a on a large screen. I think that'd be amazing. Uh Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, probably yeah where it needs to be seen. For sure. I think it's kind of cool though. I mean, imagine you know a million. This thing might get a million views in a 240p video on YouTube. I mean, that's kind of insane, right? <laughs> yeah. Imagine if it was on Quibi. Oh man, this is made for Quibi. Yeah, they could have their entire slate for like six years just yeah, breaking just this up into forest. ten minute sequences. Oh man. So I, I'm kind of curious, like Todd. Uh, a, have you ever been to Japan? Yeah. Okay. So do you have any sort of like feel because I just I don't know I have this sense and I think we've talked about this on this podcast before that like you're just not going to out weird out crazy you know <laughs> Japanese comedy when they want to go in that direction and I don't know I'm like I've always been curious about what defined their sort of like cultural taste in that direction or even like Godzilla or which I know is sort of you know maybe a reaction to getting atomic bombs dropped on them by our country but do you have any sort of like sense or knowledge of like this sort of like surreal, absurd humor slant that tends to pop up in their material? I mean, I definitely don't know enough about, you know, like their cultures. But I know that like being such an isolated country for so long, it does, you know, like they have so much that's like unique to, to, to like their filmmaking, you know, and and it is weird, even like the careers of the most famous Japanese directors, you know, like the guy that does, you know, uh, started started as doing Takeshi's Castle, which is that show that you would always see any kind of Japanese like game show stuff, and has since gone on to make that movie Fireworks and, I mean, well, and the God dang, what what are they all called? Uh, I should know the rest of his uh, his movie slate. Um, he's made like these these uh, gangster type movie, you know, gangster movies. What's the what's the Yakuza movies? Yeah, so it's like he he went from doing like these. Yeah, insane Japanese game shows to making these Yakuza movies. Yeah, so I mean, like, even the ability to have a career like that for directors in Japan seems crazy. It would not happen in any other country. Yeah. Um, and to have a sense of humor like that. And I don't, you know, I don't know. The sense of humor is so strange and it's such an oppressed place, too, you know, that's not necessarily. So it's, it's so conflicting and full of um, stuff. I, I can't wrap my head around what, where this kind of stuff comes from i would assume that this is on the str- the stranger side of movie. i don't think this is a normal japanese movie yeah, by any means sure. but uh i think like it, it does like as these guys being commercial directors it does you know speak to even that that's part of the culture just that strangeness that's like i think now getting more into american culture of just like weird commercials and stuff that's inspired more by like skittles and stuff like that that's breaking into our you know but like you hear that still like we're it's like i think audiences will accept all this really strange YouTube stuff and strange commercial stuff. And then you put it in a feature context and people freak out and they're just like, I don't know what it is, you know? And so there's still that mountain to, to climb maybe in any culture. And it seems like Japan's just ahead of the curve of people putting strangeness into boxes like that too. Like we'll accept it if you're selling us tampons and deodorant, but if you put this in a movie, God help you. Yeah. And now you can just point to this YouTube clip and like 887,000 people watch this dude. The numbers speak for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> How did it do in Japan? Do you have any idea? I can't imagine. It didn't do much better. Well, they made a sequel, right? I mean, somebody's somebody's financing these things, right? Or they're using their commercial money that they make. Yeah, the director has definitely. Well, I mean, the one director that did um, Taste of Tea as well. Like he's he's definitely made more stuff, but and that's been a strange mix of stuff, like dramas and okay. action yeah. movies and stuff. He's got a, a pretty significant filmography of stuff, um, but nothing like this. Yeah, nothing yeah. like th- n- I was hoping there'd be more weird stuff like this, but this seems like a an anomaly even for them. I also wanted to ask you, Todd, and you know, for anybody who's listening who has seen, oh, man, I, I, I want to say it was Hillbilly Robot. I don't think it was Knuckleface Jones. Now, there's a couple of shorts that Todd that you made a while back. Great shorts, and right now I can't remember which one it is that Ivan Dimitrov is dancing in the back of a pickup truck and mm-hmm. frightens off a lot of Girl Scouts, as I remember. Yeah, it's Hillbilly Robot. 
I mean, did you feel any special kinship for this movie at the singles picnic? A guy gets up to dance, and everybody's like, sure, go ahead and dance. And then he, like, he, can, he clearly has moves. The first thing I thought about was Ivan Dimitrov, and I was like, this is, oh. this is years after Hillbilly Robot, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe there's a kinship. There. And they did a lot of weird split screens that I did in that, too, that was just, like, reactions within the split screens and stuff that I was... Yeah, that stuff seems, seems about right. Yvonne would have fit into this movie plenty. Yeah, oh, man. should send Yvonne to Japan and see what happens. I was going to say, have you ever thought about moving to Japan? And directing uh, tampon commercials. <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't be weird enough. I mean, like those. I mean, like you see that stuff over there, and it is like I have no. Like, however, they came up with like even a tenth of the stuff for those sequences in the second half of this is like. Yeah. Well, let me actually. Boy. I want to describe one in particular because yeah, I'm curious about that. There's a sequence that sort of begins with one of the schoolgirls kind of walking down the hallway. There's a guy in like a furry costume, yellow, like some sort of furry costume yeah which has a very long tail that's actually connected to his crotch <laughs> and he just tells her pull me pull me and so she pulls on it and then there's a sequence of events where suddenly there is like a, a box that's um i'm not gonna get into the measurements of it but it's got a wooden panel on it and they open up the wooden panel to reveal what just appears to be a giant butthole there's again like a, a tube that is inserted into her navel that connects to this box. And then uh, one of the guys sticks his arm all down into the orifice and um, he pulls out one of the little creatures, right? Or the... the... Like a little doll. <laughs> I know. Like me even just trying to explain this is absurd. No, it's like it's like a Japanese escape room. If I had designed an escape room, I would <laughs> yes. design it around that scene. <laughs> totally. um, because the way it ends, though, is real strange where she's on a date with one of the mole brothers and then saying, like, this is what happened and I can't hang out with you because... But she's telling him that story for some reason, and he's got a bunch of questions about why that happened. Yeah. But th- yeah, it seems like an escape room thing where they need these answers, and yeah, they're caught in between the world. And they mention the Pico Rico or whatever Pico, Pico Rico chicken restaurant, <laughs> Pollo Rico. That was definitely one of the grosser and just stranger things I thought of this whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's a defining scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's memorable. That and then the guy who's sitting in the chair with... It doesn't quite look like a, a bag of testicles, but it does... Oh, it's a bag of testicles. Is it? Okay. I mean, that's all I but can it's... think of. That was testicles. <laughs> it's coming out of his butt, though. It's Is not it coming testicles. out of his butt, though? Yeah, it comes I out mean, of his butt, and then... If you it, had a little um... hole in the bottom of a chair, your testicles would... That's. If you had gigantic, I don't red think I don't think they're testicles. They I'm with Todd on this one. Hole. I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't think either, those were nuts. either one. You know what? Either way, it's not that great. <laughs> yeah. Either situation no. is not better. Because than uh, yeah, there's another gentleman who's behind them, and he it, like depending on the number of times he taps. <laughs> <laughs> he but the taps best part about that too okay. is when he finally gets it running right, and it's spraying yeah. the milk out, and she's hitting it, and then he starts like practicing his guitar. He's like thinking about his song, right? Yeah, and he's, yeah, like, yeah. Just oh, kind absolutely. of singing it to himself, and that to me is like how how do you come up with this sequel? Like that's the perfect thing for that character to go go back to where he's still thinking about that song he was singing at the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is his job, and he's bored. But and then there's a woman uh, as the man is like spraying liquid out of his nipples, who's. Uh, swinging a badminton racket at at the fluid, if if I'm not mistaken, maybe that's the first contact, huh? Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, she's that's what she's there for. She's like, yeah, she's she 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 is practically begging Guitar Brother, who for some reason at this point is her coach of some kind. She's like, she wants to go up against that guy, and then you see her doing that, and it's like that's what she wanted to do. This is like her Olympics. That's what I started thinking. And then she gets like a, like a sort of a weird vampire thing under her arm, mm-hmm. right? And I loved this whole sequence. This whole sequence really spoke to me. And the, the health director from the school comes, and he seems like a nice guy, but he's probably not going to do anything that great. He doesn't really know what's going on. And then he pulls one of these dolls out <laughs> from, from under her arm. And I want to say she's like massaging the penis of this doll while he's also yelling at it to like to let the girl go i mean well that and they yell at those little creatures or the little yeah they're creatures with like human heads to make yeah. them to make their expressions change into smiles yeah and, and i, yeah, I want to say too like the way i'm sure it's just simple compositing 
that they they were putting a human face on that doll but man it was rock solid it really that was, was yeah. rock solid totally that was uh that was really good um but yeah i mean there's also the stuff so there also there's also the stuff in the white world i was just calling it the white world for no better reason than it's a whitish world with like sort of gray looking planets but then after a while i was thinking that looks like maybe we're looking at it through a microscope and I wasn't sure if I missed anything there. Do you remember that? There's there's a bit with a girl. Yeah, she's beginning. like fighting yes. things. And... Yeah. At the very beginning, he says he gets into a spaceship and says, here we go into the wild blue yonder. Right. And then that starts the movie. So, yeah, that, that, I mean, all you would put that together. Be like, oh, the first contact would be this is about space and da, da, da. You know, so who knows? See, I don't think that was space, um, buddy. I don't think that was space. I think that was inside of all of us. I think that was inside yeah. of you. Could be that he was off to like make some dreams happen. Maybe in everybody's head. Maybe oh, maybe um, he was. There's a lot of talk about dreams and stuff in there. Yeah, that would make. But sense. you know when that guy is tugging when he he says pull on me when he's in that fuzzy suit and he d- and she does he changes from one guy to another. His face yes. changes, but I don't know if we're supposed to recognize who the first one is and the second guy because I, you can only see his face. So I don't fuzzy. know if that actor was in other things. Right. I forgot other about sketches. That. I don't think they connect up because they don't look familiar from other parts of the movie i wonder if there's a but, way to take the movie and cut it so that it's in sequence hmm. I, <laughs> what sequence exactly uh do you envision there being i don't know i honestly don't <laughs> i did like i forgot about that part with the little girl where she kind of goes to that sort of gray and white world where she's dressed up like a spy kid or something yeah but she's <laughs> she had one of my favorite lines which was something about I wish homework wasn't a part of my life or whatever it was. <laughs> um, so, okay. How do we conclude this here? Do you, can you put a number on how many times you've seen this, Todd? I'm, I've seen it in parts. I, I don't, you know, I think once you've seen it once, it's not really something you go and you're like, I need to watch all of that in a row again. It, right. It's, um, it's tough to find that. And I do think if you're doing that, it should be like on a big screen and, you know, like really feels like a movie you got to sit down into. Yeah. But I've definitely gone back into those sequences, especially in the later half, for looking at effect stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. even like the yeah, like trying to trying to find things that look like that because I, I do love those the way those effects look, the blending of the practical stuff and the CGI stuff, and yeah. you know, it's so bizarro looking and having things that are pulsating and throbbing and <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, all the David Cronenberg. I think this is like the best. Yeah, update of David. I think David. I, I would love to hear what David Cronenberg said about this movie, or if, if, yeah. if he would ever see it. Just those sequences. <laughs> yeah. Because I would love to see more stuff like that. Yeah, Craig, you could totally take those sequences and edit them together with just the yeah the creature effects. I could. Yeah, and do some little horror thing. Oh man, change music and watch it every night. Yeah, send that to Cronenberg. Oh man, he's gonna love it. I'm trying to remember how the movie ended, and my memory is that it goes back to that couple, Nadi and Takafumi or whatever his name was. They end up outside dancing again, and she says something. He thought she said UFO, but no, she said USO or something like that, which I didn't know. Which meant like, I lied, I think. Because I lied. Oh, right. Oh, okay. She's like, UFO, and then later she's like, so I lied, and then they start dancing. Is that, we're not in dreamland, or are we still possibly in a dream? No, I think they're in in the movie since they're supposed to be, because they're dancing the dance from his dream, right? Right. Okay. Together, but I think they're, I think. But I mean, somebody also touched her foot. That's true. Maybe we're not. I didn't try to add up too much of that. <laughs> I don't. I think we need to crack this, Todd, and I think we need to do it tonight. <laughs> when the scenes like Guitar Brother end, where he's just like, you know, where they just putter out and there's no punchline, it's kind of yeah. like. Then I feel like that's a free. It's saying, "Don't try to," you know. That's it. Right. right. I'm not doing it. You know, like there's no connecting pieces here. I even liked. So speaking of puttering out, I think it was that same couple where he gets up at one point and he starts doing a mix on his turntables and just goes nowhere. And then I think she even says that was a lame mix. And he's like, that was a lame mix. <laughs> he does. Like I never understood DJs cause he does have that whole DJ stand and he just puts two records on and then twists the knobs, but it acts like it's hurting, you know? Right. Like yeah. that's what you always see DJs doing. <laughs> and he's got a huge, amazing setup yeah. in that place. Uh, it's beautiful, but uh, yeah, it's all just so he can turn two knobs and she calls him out on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I don't know that I have anything else to, to say about this other than thank you for bringing it to my attention. It's really interesting. And again, like, I, I don't know, I haven't watched anything like this before at all. And certainly nothing even sort of outside of, of comedy genre, or if you can even call it that, that has that sort of like feel of like 
nope, this is you're you're either in it for the whole thing or you're not. Um, and I, I kind of dig that. I mean, there, there's something sort of like just rebellious and ballsy about that whole planting your flag down attitude about it. I think where it's just like, oh, yep, this is not for even remotely a fraction of everyone. So I don't know. Like, is there anything else you've seen? that you would even like call a, uh, a distant relative to this film? I like Kentucky fried movie. And yeah, those things. Yeah. Those feel like the, Eng- I imagine if you show Kentucky fried movie to people even now, they'd be like, why? I don't get it. What's he doing? That like, gets in the car and his noise is going on. He pulls a zipper up and you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that sequence from that, but um, I don't know. Yeah. Or it's just, I think people are accustomed now that's sketch comedy stuff, right? Know, um, which certainly existed at the time of this, but, but this is still so different than that, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a it's a weird one. That's why it does feel very special. And the music in it's so good. The end credit sequence, these little kids singing, it's yeah, just, it's oh, so yeah. happy. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, it just feels like I wish I wish there were more things like this out there. They're very inspiring, but it's nice to have them if they're they're hard to find, hard to dig up. So sure. I love that yeah. the print is thrown in the ocean somewhere, and all the DVDs for some reason have been bought up and destroyed. Makes it interesting to go find this treasure hunting. Craig, anything else you want to add about the movie that we didn't discuss? Not that we didn't really discuss it, but I do just want to say, like, I really like, I really like the movie for uh, for the reason we were just talking about. That it does feel like a movie that probably knows it's not going to have a huge audience, but it's <laughs> but it's so beautiful, like it's so beautifully done, like it's not just thrown away. Like, there's a lot of work going into it. And, and clearly a lot of fun being had with it. But I think it's also just like on a production value, yeah. like stage, it's, it's, it's so great to see something that really looks that good. That's just like, they're going to do whatever the hell they want. And, you know, you can catch up if you want to. That's, uh, you know, respect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does in some ways, it kind of feels like something you could make with your friends and just dick around for like a long time. And, but on the other hand, like, no, it totally doesn't look like that. You know? Right. Um, right. I mean, maybe crazy. if you dicked around for like nine years. Yeah, I was like, and it then would you take get two time. and a half hours out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Todd, did you uh, did you get anything in the uh, in the mail today in the post? I did. Yeah. Do you want me to read my mail to you? Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's anything of note. Yeah. There is. I got this letter in the mail, as you'll see right here. It has a the stamp is interesting, a Glenn Eiffel oh, stamp. Well, okay. Hmm. Uh, which I didn't know that they had. Uh, they do. Return address to Silver Lake, California. Mm. Uh, and inside is a letter that's um, from Steve Little. Hey. Steve Little. You know who that is. He used to write his dialogue. What's your What's your favorite line that you wrote for Steve Little, Sean? Um, I I think I wrote, you watch it, ass blood. Um, this <laughs> is the grossest thing. But the way he says it, of course, it was just like right. almost harmlessly lame is that like he's in a parking lot somewhere is it when they're leaving the it's first season they were watching like some high school kid play baseball and like you know so Kenny powers right. is getting jealous because this kid's getting a lot of like attention and they're talking to a scout <laughs> and so he's like bumping into him on the way out and he's like you watch it man he's like you watch it ass blood <laughs> so man that that was the first season when they were sitting at the bar and talking, and he does the FDR stuff where he talks about being um, was that in an the affair with show or was grandma that in... had an affair? Yes, it was an outtake. It's on the bonus. Yeah, thing. yeah so yeah. I was like, God, I don't remember that, but yeah, it's good. Well, yes. I think he just did all that himself. Yeah, for sure. But you can hear Adam McKay throwing lines out to him. <laughs> yes. and he's like talking about how his, his, his. I should go back and we rewatch that. It's so funny. But yeah. it is a great, love it is Steve great. Little. But he wrote me this poem. He's been writing poems and sending them. Oh, man. Do you want me to read it to you? Please, if it's uh, if it's suitable. It's called Todd Rohall. <laughs> have you gone crazy, Todd Rohall? Are you so insane that you're having a... Oh, wait, no. I have to find out the cadence of this. I don't know the... Okay. Should Craig do a have beat? You... I could... I could. <laughs> I don't know if I could do it to a beat. Wait. have you? I don't know where you have to figure out where it's rhyming. Let me see here. Are you have you gone crazy, Todd Rohall? Are you so insane that you're having a ball? I think ball is supposed to rhyme with Rohall. Yeah, that makes <laughs> I sense. I don't know how to read this poem. You gotta you, uh, you gotta get his voice in your head. You gotta get your, his voice in your head, and then you just gotta go with it. Mm-hmm. Have you gone crazy, Todd Rohall? Are you insane that you're having a ball locked up in your place with nothing to do but drink your pee and eat your poo? <laughs> or are you just chilling and doing fine and having a picnic and drinking wine and counting stars and counting ants? 
and Todd Rohal, are you wearing pants? And if I aren't, <laughs> and if you aren't, well, that's okay, because every day is Saturday, and I'm so curious. Please give a call. Have you gone crazy, Todd Rohal? Oh, man. That's great. Is there a is there like a picture? Do you draw a picture of anything? Like Shel Silverstein would? No. Just a Gwen Eiffel stamp. That's enough. That's better than any picture that he could really draw, I'm is. sure. Man. Well, that's amazing. Thank yes. you for sharing that with us. And sure. thanks for coming on again. It was nice to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks for letting me do this every five years, Craig said. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put you on the clock for something How else. How long have you been doing the podcast? It's been five years, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Part of me died when you said that, but it might be. It might well, be. yeah, maybe. 2015 or 2016, maybe. Yeah. That's five years. I know. That's five years, ass blood. <laughs> and then, so we're celebrating our fifth anniversary with Todd Rohal. Yeah. Aw. So next time you come back, yeah, pick something from a different country, and we'll see what kind of crazy goes on there. I'll pick a short one. Nah. Two and a half hours is too long. That movie took a long time to watch, so I apologize. But <laughs> No, it was fine. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did a few other little things, but I was paying attention. It just was tidying up my office a little bit. So it was good to have on as like, you know, it's, it's almost like listening to just jazz, sort of. Well, every two minutes, Great. it grabs you back. If it loses you, it just grabs you back. Thanks again for coming. Craig, any last thing you want to add? Ass blood. Boom. Okay, we'll call it a night. All we'll right. talk next time. And, yeah. Uh, take care. Thanks, Todd. All right. Let's hit stop on this record. Mm-hmm.